Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 56. We want to begin the week this week with the book of Ruth. In the great story of God that began in Genesis, we have sandwiched in between the closing days of the book of Judges and the opening of the period called the United Monarchy when Israel had a king. We find the book of Ruth and the great love story. Now, down through the years, at least in the last several hundred years, when someone speaks of the book of Ruth, they immediately run to Jesus, and there's no problem with that whatsoever. But sometimes in our allegorizing and analogizing of Scripture, we run right past the historical significance of what God is trying to tell us as he unfolds the great story of God the great story of redemption. You see, the purpose of the book of Ruth, placed where it is, and why God in his sovereignty allowed this story to be included, is because it introduces to us Israel's greatest king, King David. Now, immediately when I say that, I know some in the West will begin to say, oh, but he had feet of clay. No, he didn't have feet of clay. He was an entire vessel of clay, just like you and I are today. He was a broken man. And he was a man that even in spite of all of his faults and failures that were open before his nation, he was a man after God's own heart. Now, in coming podcast, I will probably take an entire week and deal with the subject of chesed, C-H-E-S-E-D, because I believe that is the one characteristic that answers the question, what made King David a man after God's own heart? That was said of David and no other man that ever walked the face of the earth. Only the Lord Jesus is above him as far as a relationship and promises that God made that are yet to be fulfilled. But back to the story of Ruth. You see, the book of Ruth was given to introduce to us King David. And it's a beautiful love story. And don't miss this. Uh, in our attempts to try to bring in the further revelation of the son of David, Jesus of Nazareth. The story begins with Elimelech, God is my king, and Naomi, the pleasant one, who lived in the city of Bethlehem. And many times I have stood in Bethlehem and looked across the great Syrian African Rift Valley as the Sun was in the west behind me, and I have seen Madaba, the home of Ruth and Orpah, in the distance. By the way the crow flies in a straight line, it is almost directly across from Bethlehem. And as the western sun beams on a clear day toward the east as it is setting in the west, you can see the beautiful city and the green patches and the pasture lands around Madaba on the other side of the Syrian-African Rift Valley in what is modern-day Jordan, and it is completely on the other side of the Jordan. It would be along the King's Highway on the eastern ridge of the Syrian-African Rift. Now, the reason I'm telling you that is because Bethlehem was dry. Famine was in the land. 
And no doubt, Elimelech looked across the Jordan Valley and saw that beautiful green on the other side. And he and Naomi decided they were going to take their family, their two boys, and they were going to go in to a different part of the great promised land that had been conquered from the Canaanites. And so they packed up and they moved over into the land that was called Moab. And when they got there, it wasn't long until the husband and the two sons died and Naomi was left alone. Naomi said, God has taken from me my husband. God has taken from me my two sons. I am left with two daughters-in-law that are no blood kin to me, and I am bitter. She said, don't call me pleasant anymore, Naomi, but instead call me Mara, which means bitter. If you know someone named Mary, Mariah, Maria, Miriam, then the root of that is bitterness. And so she said, call me Mari, call me Mary, call me one who has seen the rough side of life and I don't like it. And so she, no doubt, on an Eastern morning, like I stood in 2000, the year 2000, I was in Madaba very early in the morning, and I looked over as the clear sky above me showed me in the bright sunlight of the morning and the eastern sun rising behind me, I could see Bethlehem glistening on the ridge, on the western ridge that is part of the patriarchal highway below Jerusalem. I could see it as clear as day. And no doubt Naomi had looked longingly many mornings and said, I'm going back home. And one day that's exactly what she did. Well, you know the story. The two daughter-in-laws followed her and uh, Ruth gave that beautiful verse that over and over again has been quoted at weddings and at times of great endearment between husband and wife and daughter and mother. And when she said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Wherever you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Your people are going to be my people and your God, my God. And so the story goes as they went back to Bethlehem. The people greeted her. They were so glad to see her, all of her relatives. And they said, Naomi's back. She said, no, I'm bitter now because of how God has dealt with me. Now, let me just stop and parenthetically say how wonderful it is that even though we get bitter against God, he never gets bitter against us. And he blessed in spite of Naomi. And as she came back, uh, she said to Ruth, who evidently was a beautiful, virtuous, godly woman who wanted to follow after the God of Israel. She said, you know, uh, my husband's land and, and uh, my, his relatives are all here. And there is a wealthy landowner by the name of Boaz. Now, he's an older man, Ruth, but he is a near kinsman. Now, that's an incredible statement because the word is Goel. Goel is a kinsman redeemer. Now, that's important because in the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, we many times just center in on the first part of Leviticus 25 with the great uh, year of Jubilee and the sabbatical years and how they culminate every 50th year with Jubilee, and we stop reading. But as you continue to read, you will find out that God set out parameters as to how a person was to be redeemed, who could redeem, and all of the particulars. All of that is in Leviticus 25. So when you're doing a study in Leviticus, which is a wonderful, wonderful book, one of the great 
greatest and richest of all the books of the Tanakh, of the Old Testament, of the Torah, then you're going to see a beautiful picture of redemption in chapter 25, one of the greatest chapters in the book of Leviticus and in all of the Word of God. But the kinsman redeemer concept is introduced there in all of its color. Now, I want to say just two or three things about the Goel or the kinsman redeemer. You see, the kinsman redeemer is a type of Jesus who ultimately redeemed us from our sins and paid the cost, bought us out of the slave market of sin, and we belong to him. Don't you remember what Paul told the Corinthians? He said, what? Do you not know that you're not your own? You are bought with a price? Well, that is the concept of redemption. Now, the kinsman redeemer had to redeem persons or inheritance. So it could be a place that he's redeeming and an inheritance that is, or uh, persons. The redeemer must be a kinsman. Uh, He had to be someone who is a relative, and there was a pecking order and a line of redemption that had to be followed meticulously. The Redeemer must be able to redeem, and he had to fulfill the qualification of redemption and the very purpose of redemption. And when the redemption price was paid, then there was a new relationship formed between the Redeemer and the one who's being redeemed or that piece of property or inheritance that's being redeemed. Now, immediately, I know your mind is racing forth to all that Jesus has done for us. But let's go back to the story. Now, Boaz, an older man, is being blessed by God with a younger woman that's going to be his wife. And the Bible says that indeed that took place. And the story is amazing of the goodness and graciousness of Boaz, who showered his love and his affection and all of his riches upon a Gentile woman, a Moabitess, that did not have a long lineage of salvation in her family and redemption in her family and godliness in her family. They were Canaanites. They were Moabites. They were people who had mixed with all the people of the land and the um, blood that they had from the incestuous relationship of, of Lot, the nephew of Abraham and one of his daughters and uh, all of the horrible background of the pedigree. But aren't you glad that God can take anybody from anywhere, from those who have noble birth and those who do not? As a matter of fact, when Paul was talking to the Corinthians again in 1 Corinthians, he said not many of noble birth. What that means is of good DNA. Literally, the word is eugenic. It is the concept of not many from good genes are called. Isn't that amazing that God is able to take you and me no matter where we are, where we're from, and he can make something into our lives that's absolutely amazing for his glory. And that's the story of Ruth. Out of that uh, marriage came Obed, and from that came the father of David, Jesse, and from Jesse came King David, that all of the kings that would follow King David They were determined to be a good king or a bad king as to whether they walked in the ways of their father, David. It doesn't even say in the ways of God, but they were judged to be a good king or a bad king as to whether they followed in the ways of King David. So David became the standard, the plumb line, uh, the measuring rod of whether someone was a good or a bad king in Israel. 
And all of that came from the wedding of a Moabitess, a Gentile, and an old man that had probably given up on ever having children, and uh, he was just living his life when God interrupted his story. Aren't you glad that God takes us right where we are and takes us to where we need to be? I hope this is an encouragement to you, and someday we will go through the entire book of Ruth, maybe in a different kind of podcast, but I hope this has at least given you some ideas to get into the Word of God and study it. And in all of our analogizing, let's not forget the great story of God that's unfolded in the book of Ruth. We're on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.